1997, Brighton nearly dropped out of the Football League. Only a takeover saved them from liquidation. For 14 years, the Seagulls didn't have a ground they could call their own. They played at the Withdean, a converted athletics facility, somewhere that athletics legend Steve Ovette used to prepare uh, for his famous battles on the track. Brighton have stepped out of the darkness and into the light. They play some of the best football in the Premier League. Their recruitment is routinely inspired. Tony Bloom has built an operation that has best practice as standard and now fans are dreaming of an FA Cup final. Brighton are favourites in a semi-final against Manchester United and that tells you just how far they've come. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Talking of best practice, it's time to introduce my top tipping team, starting with Mark O'Hare. Mark Roberto De Zerbi has built on the excellent work done by his predecessor, Graham Potter. He's added his own twist, of course. Both men deserve a huge amount of credit. And Brighton plays some amazing football. They really do. Uh, great intro because it, it really is astonishing where Brighton have come to where they are now. Um, you know, the last fortnight they've gone off as favourites at Stamford Bridge and they've gone off favourites away at Tottenham Hotspur as well. They may have only won one of those matches, but they were thoroughly the better team on each occasion. And now to see them as favourites against Man United at Wembley is it's historic, really. Um, and, you know, you can't really deny the facts because they've been unbelievably good um, since De Zerbi took charge. And if you look at the last 13 Premier League games, They've had 15 or more shots in 11 of those, uh, averaging 18.8 shots in that sample. They had 26 at Stamford Bridge at the weekend. That was the fifth time in the last 10 they've had at least 20 shots at goal in a Premier League game, which is just incredible figures. And if you look at those 13 matches, they're averaging 2.28 non-penalty expected goals. That's better than Manchester City over the same sample. Uh, it's a madness, really, and you can see why the market has fallen. In love with Brighton, why they're going off such short prices, um, it uh, wouldn't be a huge surprise to see the market move a little bit more in their favour with Man United playing Europa League football on Thursday night if there was a key injury or two to pick up there. Um, absolutely. So um, the issue of Brighton and backing them at those prices is the fact that we've talked about them on a weekly basis really for goals and because they're far from watertight or rock solid themselves. Just six clean sheets since August in the Premier League. Their only away clean sheet came against Bournemouth, where you know they're quite fortuitous to to keep a, a clean sheet on that occasion too. So, yeah, their record against top half teams this season just two wins from thirteen as well. So that all kind of breeds in together for me to be a little bit kind of wary of Brighton at those prices against Manchester United. I know there's no Varane, I know there's no Martinez as well, and that means you've got, to, as you said on the Saturday show, the bumbling bear Maguire playing at centre-half, um, which is obviously a little bit of concern, as is the fatigue element. But um, if you look at the 11 that United fielded against Nottingham Forest last weekend and include Marcus Rashford, you know, De Gea, Dallow, Shaw, who should be back, Maguire, Lindelof, Casemiro, Eriksen, Sancho, Bruno... Anthony Rashford it's a strong 11 and I think the elements of you can't really build in too much into a price in terms of underlying metrics is the experience of already being to Wembley and winning and that big game mentality which Manchester United will have in droves compared to Brighton who you don't want to label them as kind of plucky they fully deserve to be there but this is a huge occasion for Brighton yeah. historic they've never won a trophy in their lives so you know, that kind of gives me the edge to United a little bit, despite all the 
obvious negatives of playing on Thursday night in Seville, playing with key injuries at centre-half as well, and being fatigued as well from what's been a really long campaign too. So if I had to be involved in this game, I'd look at the Asian handicap and back United plus a quarter. Um, that's flip-flopped in the last seven days, actually. Brighton, you could have backed Brighton plus a quarter seven days ago, and I would have easily taken that as my best bet on this fixture. But um, just the way in which the market has moved, um, I'm happy to be pro-United, but just kind of probably more interested as, as an observer, as a neutral for this match. It should be a terrific occasion. Obviously, we'll be supporting Brighton as a neutral too. Odds compiler and top tipster Mark Stinch comes with us once again. Stinch, Tony Bloom has extensive experience in the betting world. Do you feel that shaped his approach to Brighton? Because there's a real methodical aspect of it, isn't there? Yeah, 100%. I think I saw somewhere the other day that Brighton spend like 3 million on data or something. And there's there's other clubs that don't that doesn't even that doesn't even come close to what the, what they outlay. And I'm not saying that the data is is always going to um, breed your success, but surely the the more data you have, the the clearer the picture essentially. Yeah. And and even if you can't make a um, uh, a, a decision because you've got lots of the data points in lots of different directions at least you have more information available and it helps you uh, make your decision I mean I always think back to that uh, you know Sunderland Till I Die documentary and uh, owned by a guy with with no football expertise and making bids of um, you know three or four million for um, oh, Mark who was the MK Don striker that scored all the time Will Brigg that's it yeah, yeah yeah and making decisions like that whereas if you've got if you actually make he did have his own to... song though to be fair <laughs> um i i've got pioli's on fire now with with ac milan's uh, charge yeah, to true. champions league success sorry that's true. um yeah so you have that approach and, and i think it's this approach that we use with, with our with our betting and i think you see you see that you know we don't generally let our emotions and uh, opinions of, of what we see with our eyes rule overall we let the data rule and, and long term I think it breeds success and I, I think looking at the the market here I think uh, you know we must uh, give Jason uh, trader at Betfair a big shout um, with his um, observation that you should back Brighton basically to win the FA Cup at this stage because Brighton are favourites which is um, driven by the market and the Asian syndicates etc but Man United are shorter than them in the outrights now why is that generally because outrights uh, are, can be inefficient because they lack the sharp money they lack the clever money because often there isn't the liquidity available for the the sharp betters for it to be there worthwhile to get to get involved they're much better off getting you know a few more million into the the main market which they can and, and getting their you know 0.1 0.2% return than tying their money up in the, in the outrights and and simply they just can't get the volumes on so Brighton are 6 to win the FA Cup Man United 5.6 well considering Brighton are a 2.5 to win the match that that should be your bet really however once you get to the final and you're playing man city if it is man city then i would probably think about trading out but obviously you've got the massive fish that if it's sheffield united you brighton are going to be like probably 1.4 1.45 to win to win the fa cup i must just quickly mention kev that generally we we always bang on about overs in brighton games unfortunately four to six this weekend but actually i'm quite oh. glad <laughs> i'm quite glad in a way because 
FA Cup, neutral ground, will the occasion get to the players? It's not a run-of-the-mill Premier League game where I think we can just blindly back overs. And I say I'm glad because I was a bit concerned because I was thinking, oh no, the market's finally cottoned on. We're not going to be able to back it every week in the Premier League. Don't worry. They're playing Forest away next weekend. Overs is 8-11. to 11. All aboard. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm sure it'll be there for us then. Uh, trader, tipster and celebrity Manchester United fan Emmett O'Keefe uh, completes the side. Emmett, I've got to say, prepping for this show, I was startled to see Brighton the price they were. And kind of, it's kind of heartwarming, really, because what an achievement. To, to be considered as favourites in a game like this against one of the biggest clubs in world football. It's utterly remarkable. Yeah, it is. It's kind of, um, it, it, it's kind of, it interests me like in, we're in 2023, we've kind of AI, burgeoning AI. We've kind of like, there's, there's so many, so many kind of developments, so many things in, in the world are optimised in so many ways. But in the Premier League, you may be, only a couple of clubs are actually doing data right. Like, and it, <laughs> it, it, it is, you kind of maybe Brentford, Brighton and kind of Liverpool in years past. And anyone who read, Laurie Whitfield wrote an article about my United's kind of transfer process a few months ago. It's just totally chaotic and the data they have is just using in a kind of a in kind of a strange and kind of not not joined up way the Arnautovic effect McLaren yeah, sent bit... hard going I wonder what Marco's doing should we give yeah. him a call Exactly, we, we know him from Twente. So we'll give him a rubbish, <laughs> yeah, the, just rubbish. Yeah, like and like, do you think what would Tony Bloom think of like getting a manager in like Ten Hag who had worked for um, two football executive, experienced football executives in Mark Overmars and Edwin Van der Sar, and then suddenly it's oh yeah, get the lads. Ten Hag knows that like that's like just it's it's Bizarre. it's kind of yeah, and you these kind of billion dollar operations who are in theory should be having kind of best in class kind of analytics and kind of approaches to transfers and, and and they simply don't and i guess while while they don't tony tony bloom can make hay and um and kind of i have a massive edge over the competition and just on um i think as well like it's this is kind of potentially roberto de serbi's crowning glory as well i think he obviously will have he, he may go on to, to success at bigger clubs in brighton but i think he possibly is the first kind of italian manager that plays kind of this really progressive kind of modern style and is kind of winning big with it. Just I've listened to James Horncastle, uh, the Italian-based journalist, talk before about how there's a bit of a culture war in Italy with kind of De Serbi on one side and kind of the old school uh, Capello and kind of Max Allegri types on the other. And I'd love to see kind of De Serbi definitively kind of win that war because I think his style of football is 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 the style of football you you should be playing if you're kind of a smaller club or any club really. And, and it's kind of best practice just specifically for this game yeah i think it's a hard one to call i think the goal line looks fair matt john's a bright and slight favorite are kind of fair as well just if you're doing a bet builder the one i the one i'd go for maybe is my night had the most cards at five to six if you look at the premier league stats this season united have had 65 cards compared to only 38 for brighton and united have so many walking cards in this team with like Maguire, dallow shaw mctominay fred sabitzer casemiro whatever game i like that casemiro was about eight on your list there. i know no, 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 no. Whatever game, whatever game state you have, my night are live. I will be live to to kind of to, to, to kind of win this bet. So that'd be that'd be the way I'd look. 
Yeah, three of them will probably get booked hacking Mitoma, I imagine. Uh, I'd always look at Mitoma uh, for uh, maybe an assist or a goal or something like that. Seems to affect every single game he's involved in. This football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Worth bearing in mind, by the way, we've got a big midweek show coming up ahead of that massive Premier League title showdown between Manchester City and Arsenal. We'll have lots of other games besides, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. Let's start our little wander around Europe. Stinch, we're going to start with you. We're going to go to the Netherlands, two of the biggest clubs in the country, going head-to-head. Yeah, huge game between PSV and Ajax. PSV uh, chalked up a 11-8 faves at home here. Uh, yeah, massive game in the battle for second and and that final Champions League qualifying spot. Both both level on points on, on 62. I wanted to do our, our usual both teams to score 2+. plus. Um, but unfortunately, it's only it's only five to two rather than the sort of seven to two, four to one that we've been backing it at when we get Ajax, PSV, and Feyenoord matches, and it's no surprising really with with over two and a half goals at uh, four to nine. So a goal heavy game is expected as as usual. So I'm going to go for a, a goal scorer, a big price here uh, that caught my eye in Kenneth Taylor for Ajax at thirteen to two. And I just think 13 to 2 is massive when you consider the other scorers for, for Ajax here. So you've got uh, Kudos with 11 at 23 to 10, Bergwijn 11 goals, 23 to 10, Brobby 11, 2 to 1, Tadic on 9, 5 to 2, Berghaus on 9, 12 to 5, Davy Klassen on 7 at 7 to 2. Kenneth Taylor's got 8 goals and he's 13 to 2. So that's like Good a player few, as well. Yeah, a Good few player. points too high here. Um, I think he went with the Netherlands uh, to the World Cup, but he, he didn't get. Um, much game time, if any, but uh, yeah, I think long term, uh, a very good player in the, in the making. Um, he's averaging 1.3 shots per game, both home and away. And what I quite like was nearly 50% of those are coming inside the penalty area. So it's not pot shots. So he's with this 4-3-3 with uh, Alvarez tending to sit, it gives license for Taylor to get into the box. And that's what he's been doing. Slight concern is he hasn't scored against any of the top four in Eredivisie, but five of his eight goals have come against the top 12. So he isn't a flat trap bully so i think that goal against a better team is is coming um sooner rather than later in sport what's just as important as the goals the glory the roar of the crowd yes it's the halftime break time for a breather a reset to keep everything on track in sports betting betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too like timeouts so you take that all-important halftime break or deposit limits to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gamblerware.org. Blue chip game in Liga as Lyon face Marseille. Mark, Marseille on track to reach the Champions League, but that race is far from done and dusted. Mm, yeah, this is a, a really interesting game, especially against the Lyon team who showed a bit of a, a revival, a bit of a resurgence towards the end of the campaign. All eyes looked to be on the Coupe de France, uh, where they looked pretty much odds-on favourites to, to go on and lift the trophy at the semi-final stage, but they lost that match and kind of their league form has been poor, but actually they've lost unbeaten in seven now. They've won three on the spin as well to give themselves an outside chance of European qualification via Ligue 1. In those three wins, they've beaten Rennes, they've beaten PSG as well, which is uh, quite a feat, but um, I'm quite happy to oppose them um, at home because I think the price is slightly short. 
against a, a Marseille, Marseille side going just as well, if not better, obviously. Um, Lyon have actually failed to win over half of their home games in the league so far this season. And three of the seven matches they have won came against the bottom three. So if you exclude those stragglers, and they are stragglers, they're awful they are down there at the bottom. Yeah, they're, they're real trash, aren't they? The teams <laughs> at the bottom are really awful. They are absolutely appalling. And you exclude them and their record at home is four wins, five draws and three defeats. So a little bit too short to support uh, those kind of lines and prices. Whereas Marseille are 14 points better off. They're PSG's nearest challengers. They've only lost five times all season in Ligue 1. And they're quite comfortably the best away team in France this season. 11 wins, three draws, just the one defeat. That reverse was at PSG. They've already won at Monaco, Rennes, Rams and Nice. They've scored twice or more in 11 of 15 away. And they've only conceded 10 goals on their travels as well, which is very impressive. So um, I think you can make a decent case for Marseille plus a quarter here at 1.8. I'm um, expecting a half-stakes win at, at worst. We will come back to France, but let's head to Italy. Napoli dumped out of the Champions League by Milan in midweek. I felt deservedly so. I thought Milan were absolutely outstanding defensively across the two legs. Mike Mignon, uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now, saved a penalty, made a numerous saves across the tie. Napoli go to a Juventus side that they crushed 5-1 in Naples. Stinch, what's the angle here? Yeah, Juventus 19 to 10 here at the the Allianz Stadium. I think the question everybody lips is is when will Napoli win the league rather rather than will they? But they definitely seem to have hit a bit of a wall recently with, a, with that yeah. single win in five games across all comps. Uh, I mean, originally I think I thought, and I think most people thought Juve would have full focus on on Europa League given their points deduction. But the latest murmurings are that it could be overturned. So it's a difficult one to to judge. But it's not something I would I would uh, say you try and factor in in regardless. But um, Having said that, I think a bit like Lazio v Juve a couple of weeks ago, I think there's a better chance of goals. I mean, you mentioned the 5-1 reverse fixture. I think there's a better chance of goals than the, the 2.35 goals that the market anticipates. Um, over 2.25 goals is evens, and I think that'd be where I would sort of begin. But um, I want to oppose Napoli, um, given they're out of sorts. And it's a bit of a change because we've been back in Napoli all season. So um, I quite I quite like this ability to kind of flip your opinion if, if the price represents a, a good opportunity. And I think it does here. Well, and, it definitely uh, slowed down, Stinch. There's no mm, doubt about that in the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, the 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 lack of defending for Rafael Leao's run was just astonishing. It was like something at, like, I don't know, lower league level. I was yeah, very surprised. But no Kim, no Zombo and Gisa. That made a massive difference. Take those yeah, two out the spine. I know it's probably easier to say now, but why didn't someone just take a yellow on the halfway line? Didn't I just didn't really didn't really understand that. It didn't, it didn't really have to do a lot, I felt, to get, to get through them. So I don't know if they're tiring or, or something like that. So... Yeah, like obviously, I think it is dangerous to oppose such a good team as Napoli. So I'm going to go for a massive price here. Um, and I'm going to do it in the form of Juve's top league scorer and Adrian Rabio to score. He has 10 goals across all comps this season. And I think the key thing for me here is seemingly the additional freedom he gets at home because nine of his 10 have come at the Allianz Stadium and he's averaging 1.5 shots per game there as opposed to the the one two, the 1.2 shots per game away. And the one thing I quite like here is um, nine of his 10 goals have come inside the penalty area. So again, not pot shots. It's, it's, it's um, getting himself into good positions. And actually even more so, six have come inside the six-yard box. So it says to me, you know, when he 
he goes on a run to get on the end of something, he really he basically doesn't stop, and he he really is getting in positions that strikers are getting him in, and uh, you'll never you'll never guess at the price. He's nine to one, so enormous for me. Wow. Wow, that is a chunky price. Uh, let's go back to France, shall we? Montpellier seem to sneak into this show loads. Mark O'Hare has brought them back into the rotation once again. They're up against Rennes. Uh, are we going for goals here, Mark? Yes, we are, yes. Um, ah, formidable. Ligue 1 has had a, a 58% hit rate for both teams to score winners this season, which is the same as the Bundesliga, um, which is uh, obviously very high. And if you turned a 58% hit rate into implied betting odds, you would get around 1.72. So you could suggest that a, a blanket league going game, we're expecting BTTS around 1.72. We're getting 1.82 here for the match between Montpellier and Rennes. So immediately that appeals. But even more so when you analyse each team uh, and the states coming into this match. So Montpellier, back-to-back defeats uh, are not completely clear of the relegation race just yet. There still are seven games to play. They should be fine, but they'll be desperate to, to sort of rubber stamp things as soon as they can. Um, they're a very attacking-minded team under Mikhail De Zakarian. We've talked about them a few times, about the players they have available to them, all very forward-thinking, all very capable. Uh, I expect them to score, as they have done in 14 of their 16 home fixtures already this season, as well as all nine since De Zakarian returned in February. Uh, they're hosting a Ren team who have faded since a really strong start, some key injuries hit them hard through the winter, but they are only two points shy of their European qualification places now, and that is the big aim. Uh, they haven't been very consistent or trustworthy, but they showed last week when beating Rams 3-0, uh, could have been more than three as well, um, but they are very, very good uh, and very capable when on song too. So Wren have actually scored in 14 of 15 away games this season, but just the three away clean sheets means 12 of their 15 Road trips have seen BTTS. As for Montpellier, as I say, they scored in 14 of 16 at home. 11 of those saw BTTS as they've conceded in every home game, a bar against teams outside of the bar against teams inside the bottom six, I should say. So ultimately, we've got a team in Montpellier who have scored in 26 of 31 league on games against Rennes, who have scored in 27 of 31 league on games, meeting each other with a 69% hit rate for the home team for BTTS and a 75% hit rate for BTTS for the away team. Um, yet the implied odds of 1.82 suggest a, just a 55% chance here, which is below that 58% of the league average, as well as the two teams on show too. So I think it's a, a great value selection from France on Sunday. That seems an amazing price. Uh, good work, Mark. He's, he's spotted that uh, marvellously well. Barcelona come up against one of Europe's informed teams when they face Atletico Madrid at camp now. Emmet Barca just above evens here. have to give you massive credit. You said ages and ages ago when Barca and Real Madrid were neck and neck that you felt that Barcelona would pull clear and that's exactly what they've done. Having said that, Atletico and Antoine Griezmann have been stellar for weeks. So this is quite a tough game, isn't it, for Barca? Definitely. I was just thinking uh, Griezmann's like kind of a vintage chateau enough to pop for all, all the wine connoisseurs oh, out yeah. there. He's, 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 he's getting better with age. Like, it's kind of parties had... Emmett goes to, you see. <laughs> Very bougie, all right. Uh, you know, he's he's had 11 goals and 8 assists this season, and only Robert Lewandowski has more combined goal involvements in Spanish Liga this year. So again, that that, that shows you the level, level he's playing at. I actually watched, I went to play, uh, I, I went to see France play Ireland recently in the kind of recent Euro qualifier, and Griezmann was by far the best player in the pitch. Yeah. He was just how comfortable he is in the Ball, how impossible he was for the Ireland players to dispossession. It was a real, a real kind of pleasure to watch. And let's uh, not forget, for it seems like years ago now, but in the early part of the season, he was only allowed to play for half an hour. 
because yeah, of that ridiculous battle claws, that they yeah. had with Barcelona with with his claws. So he's done all that, put up all the numbers that you've said, despite the fact that for a big chunk of the season he was only coming on as a sub for the last half hour. Absolutely, yeah. There's kind of a in the kind of second second half of the season as he's become kind of a mainstay in their team. Like the Atletico Madrid actually have the same number of points as Barcelona since Christmas. They've kind of the joint joint same number of points. But in recent weeks, I think we've seen some real slippage from Barcelona. It feels like the that four nil cup defeat by Real Madrid has left a bit of a mark on them uh, as they've struggled kind of nil nil draws against Bocheron and Getafe. They've no Pedri, no Dembele, and no Frankie de Jong. Uh, so I think that that that, that, that really weakens them. Last week they had a kind of a left back, Alex Balde, playing kind of left as their kind of wide forward, which shows you they're maybe struggling for kind of attacking options. And just from I don't watch Barcelona all the time, but when I do, to be honest, I. I, my opinion of Xavi has kind of gone down as every time I watch Barcelona because just when all the time when Dembele played, their only tactic would just give the ball to him and hope he does something. Yeah. And a lot of the time they're against Man United. I have to say I was incredibly unimpressed with them. I think they they actually had more talent than that Man United team. But United just coach was getting more out of the Eric Ten Hag was getting more out of his players than Xavi was getting out of Barcelona. As I felt, and I actually despite that tip on that tip on uh, Barcelona, I, I I don't think the league title race is completely dead. I, I expect Atletico Madrid to avoid defeat here for all the reasons we kind of outlined. Um, I, I, I think Barcelona look look fairly short, just over evens. And just given how tumultuous the season has been off the pitch of Barcelona and Xavi's inexperience as manager, I think there are a few ingredients for a collapse. So I'm, I kind of, I, this is a huge game for Barcelona, but I expect Atletico Madrid to at least avoid defeat and kind of continue Barcelona slide. Mark, is that the way you would go on this one as well? Uh, kind of. Um, I obviously wouldn't be back in Barcelona at those prices for all the same reasons, but I've got, got a different angle um, because I didn't think it was a big game. Um, on paper, this is you know would have been a standout match um, across Europe rather than just Spain um, coming into the weekend. But Barca are 11 points clear. I think it would take an enormous collapse for them not to win La Liga, despite their sort of a downturn in performance levels recently. Um, and Atletico Madrid are 12 points better off than Betis in fifth. So they've kind of almost already booked their top four finish as well. So I think to topple Barca would be a very sort of tough, tough task from here on in. Neither of cup commitments either. So I wasn't expecting a, a wild affair at Camp Nou. I think it could be uh, quite dull, actually, uh, and I'd be opposing goals with under two and a half goals at 176. It's actually proven a winner in nine of the last 11 meetings between the two teams. And you think that, you know, teams gone by, there's been much more attacking and offensive sort of ability on both sides to, to sort of support a goal-heavy case. The four of the last five have gone unders. The reverse ended just 1-0 to Barca as well. Uh, include all comps and Barca have failed to score in three now. The last two, of course, goalless draws. Yet that defensive record at Cap now is... Is stupidly good, um, hugely overachieving, but um, just two goals conceded in 14 home league games, 12 clean sheets. It's quite ins- insane, really. But um, yeah, just staying has been amazing, hasn't he? Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, Ronald Araujo as well has been uh, yeah. exceptional, one of the best defenders in world football right now. But yeah, since the World Cup, as, as Emmett was sort of uh, alluding to, Barca have played 15 La Liga games. They scored just 20 goals in those 15 fixtures. They scored zero or one goal in 10 of those 15. 
And now they're facing the, the second best defence in the division. We all know about Diego Simeone, uh, his approach, particularly as underdogs away in a big fixture. So not expecting Atletico to be hugely expansive here. They are unbeaten in 13, seven clean sheets in that sample. And they've only conceded nine goals and 14 away as well. So in terms of opposing goals, matches at cap now in the league are averaging just 2.07 goals. It's almost unheard of considered where they were maybe a decade ago. 36% of home fixtures have ended 0-0 or 1-0. Atletico's away days are averaging just two goals and 43% have ended 0-0 or 1-0. So I think opposing goals is the way to go. But um, just a, a couple of quid actually on the 0-0 as well here at, at 10.0. Uh, the no goal score is, is quite a lot shorter actually, but the exchange you can get 9-1 to on the 0-0. It's landed in Barca's last two fixtures and you know what better way to make it a third than Atletico Madrid with Simeone in charge. And that's why Marco Hare didn't get the job as La Liga's hype man. Uh, we've got one more pick from La Liga. Emmett, what have you got for us? Yeah, this kind of falls up with the category of every team has its price here. So we've Elche against Valencia. Elche are marooned at the bottom of the Spanish league. They're uh, 17 points from safety and certainty relegated this season. Um, however, the opposition they face on Sunday in Valencia are actually not that much better. Valencia are third from the bottom, bottom in La Liga, and since Christmas, Valencia have less points and worse expected goals numbers than Elche. Yet Valencia are kind of priced here at 1.93 favourites away from home to Elche. That is wild. That is yeah, wild. I, when you think of how bad they were against Sevilla. Exactly, and I think it, it's as well. It, it's kind of, it's just, it's, it's the, the main reason I think is the motivation angle with Elche already doomed and Valencia in a kind of a close fight for relegation. But as Mark Stinchcomb has talked about on a few occasions before, I think the team's kind of motivation angle can often be really overrated by the betting markets. And I, I, I think it is, I, I think it is here. Like although Elche have lost their four, lost their last four matches, three of them have been away from home, and the home game they lost what was against Barcelona or kind of obviously level above them they've been competitive at home against the kind of against the lesser side of which Valencia certainly are so I'm happy to let lay Valencia at odds against well, that's all we have time for in this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of excellent preview content and tipping pieces on our website, betting.betfair.com. Big midweek show coming up, by the way, which will include Manchester City against Arsenal, which, of course, will go a long, long way to shaping that Premier League title race. From Emmett, from Mark, from Stinch and from me. It's goodbye for now.